It is finally here, the day we have anticipated for these past four weeks. It seems so long ago that we lit the first candle of Advent. It was the candle of hope. That was followed by the candle of peace. A little over a week ago, we lit the candle of joy. And last week, we lit the candle of love. These four words so appropriately describe the actions of God in this time. God offers us hope, grants us peace, deepens our joy, and surrounds us with love. We often feel it most deeply in this time before Christmas. God comes to earth in the form of a baby, born in, an, in the lowliest of places to two parents who answered the invitation of God with a resounding yet gentle yes. We light these four candles, and we remember the angels who sang to the shepherds, the shepherds who were afraid and yet went to see the child, the wise men who came to worship him, and even the animals who provided warmth on the cold desert night. We light these candles to remind us that the waiting is almost over, for this is the night when we will light the fifth candle, the center candle, the Christ candle, for Christ is almost here. We've now lit these candles to help us remember the prophecy. Each candle represents one of the names offered as describing the one who is to come. He will be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. We now light the Christ candle in the center of it all. The light of the world was born this night. His name shall be called Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Let us pray. God of Advent and God of Christmas, we thank you for this season of anticipation. We have waited and you have answered. You always do. And so we celebrate on this Christmas Eve the coming of the Christ child for each of us. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.
Behold the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the deserts a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. And then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Come, feel the warmth and the joy tonight. Come, see the magic of candlelight. Come, hear the story of God's only Son. Share the wonder of He who has come. Feel the warmth and the joy tonight. Come, see the magic of candlelight. Come, hear the story of God's only Son. Share the wonder of He who has come. Feel the warmth and the joy tonight. Come, see the magic of candlelight. Come. in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed while Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed everyone into his own city and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with his espoused wife, being great with child.
I'll never have the power to control the land or conquer half the world or claim the sun. I'll never be the kind who simply waves her hand and has a million people do the things I'd wish I'd done. But in the eyes of heaven, my place is assured. I carry with me heaven's grand design. Gloria, Gloria, I will sing the name of the Lord, and he will make me shine. And I will be like Mother Mary with a blessing in my soul. And I will give the world my eyes so they can see. And I will be like Mother Mary with a blessing in my soul. And the future of the world inside of me. Assured, I carry with me heaven's grand design. Gloria, Gloria, I will sing the name of the Lord, and he will make me shine. And I will be like Mother Mary with the blessing soul and I will give the world my eyes so they can see and I will be like Mother Mary with a blessing in my soul and the future of the world inside of me and I will be like Mother Mary For the future of the world inside of me. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men.
was contented sitting on my hillside. I wasn't lonely, I wasn't waiting for anyone sitting on my hillside. I wasn't watching, I was only tending my own. Then they came lighting the night and they sang glory, glory and they said do not fear for tonight is born a child. trembling sitting on my hillside I was hearing the voice of the heavens I was trying sitting on my hillside I was trying to open my eyes then they came like hillside I was praying they'd give me a sign I was praying sitting on my hillside I was ready
telling me I am the one, telling me I am the instrument, telling me blessed am I, blessed am I. Carrying some kind of prophecy, a bit of time chosen to be a miracle I
the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart.
again at the story tonight that brings us all here together. There gathered in that stable were Mary and Joseph, having made that month-long journey from so far north in Nazareth. Young Mary was no more than 14 or 15 years old, it is said, betrothed to Joseph but not married when he found her to be pregnant. He did not judge her. He protected her from the laws that would have had her killed and walked alongside her on this perilous journey to that tiny town just south of Jerusalem. They took the journey because it was the place of his ancestry, of King David's birth. This was a time of Roman rule, and Rome was in need of money. So Emperor Augustus sent word that all conquered people were to return to the places of their ancestry so they could be counted and taxed. So it was that at eight months pregnant, Mary and her betrothed, Joseph, obediently journeyed for a month and arrived at Bethlehem, which means house of bread. And that will mean something much deeper 30 years later as the one who was to be born will be called the bread of heaven. They arrived late to the village and it was crowded, overcrowded to say the least. And by the time they arrived, Mary was in her ninth month, and the labor pains were beginning to grow closer and closer together. So they went to an inn, hopeful that there might be room. Yet there was no room. But the innkeeper and his wife took pity on these two and offered them their stable. More than likely, it was a cave cut partially into the hillside. There was hay and straw for comfort, and the heat of the animals would no doubt help to keep them warm. But it was also, no doubt, smelly, a bit dirty, and filled with what most stables with animals are filled with. And it was there that Mary gave birth, in the quietness of a cave, surrounded by sheep and goats and cattle and the donkey that had carried her, as together they carried heaven's grand desire 
and yet it didn't seem so grand that night. No one knows whether the innkeeper's wife served as a midwife, but the birth was hard, as is the birth of any firstborn. And the dangers were real for both mother and baby. Yet there was a birth, and it was a son. And Joseph obeyed the angelic vision and named the child Yeshua, or Jesus. And they wrapped the child in the only things they had, torn pieces of cloth, torn from the bottom and inside of their robes, And they laid the child in a feeding trough that at least for the meantime would serve as his first bassinet. And there they were. Mary was exhausted and Joseph relieved, and yet the night was yet young. For they were to be visited by some of the most extraordinary and unexpected of people. Those who occupied two economic groups that had absolutely nothing in common other than this child. And it is so for us. Yet at the same time, out on the grassy coastal plain were shepherds watching their flocks that night. I will tell you tonight, as romantic as we make this to be, no one liked the shepherds. They were not to be trusted. They were at the bottom of the economic scale. They usually did not own the sheep they were watching and were often either the youngest or the elderly of their clans, and those clans were the poorest of all. These were those who could do nothing else, the unemployable, the unrespectable, the least of the lowest. And as I said, very few would ever choose to spend time with them. Other than God, who chose them over all others to receive the message of this birth. It is how God works. For it was the same God who chose Mary and then Joseph and chose the elderly Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth, both well beyond child-rearing years, who also miraculously gave, miraculously gave birth to a son named John, the same who would become John the Baptist. So this God chose the shepherds to be the first to hear the good news of this birth, sung by a heavenly choir who sang, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to those on whom God's favor rests. And that night, God's favor rested on the shepherds, surrounded by their flocks, and they were trembling, and they were deeply afraid, and yet sought to hear and then sought to try, as we do, to understand. And they prayed. And this night, they were the first, not the last. They were the chosen How strange it was, yet how consistent for this God of heaven and earth. And even months earlier, a message came to magi, kings who were wealthy, holy men in their own countries, each carrying a different understanding of God and of faith. Legends tell us that they were at least from a number of different countries, one from the northern regions where gold could be found, one from the far western regions of Africa, that place where the trees that create frankincense and myrrh were grown in at least one from the east. And at that time, the east was always seen as a place of deep wisdom and even deeper understanding. These were not Jews, certainly not Christians, for that term would not be used for another 70 years. They were, however, holy men, astrologers who followed a star, 
met and then journeyed together to this place of bread, Bethlehem. Their faith was in the signs of heaven. They knew the prophecies of one who was to come that would change the world, not just the world of Israel and Judah or Galilee or even Rome, but one who would draw the world to himself and bring a kingdom of peace to any who would follow. So they followed and brought what they had, gifts that were both symbolic and useful, gold, money for the needs of this young family, incense that would be burned as a fragrant offering to one who is holy, and myrrh, a fragrant ointment used for the anointing of the holy, for healing, and even for the anointing of the dead. Could they have known the significance of each of these gifts? No one knows. But they journeyed far, and the honoring of this child changed their lives. So there you have it. Mary and Joseph and angels and shepherds and kings all gathered in this place around a different kind of king. This one was an innocent newborn baby. And so what does that mean for us? No matter what you might feel about this story, it begs the question, where do you see yourself? Maybe you're most like Mary, young, and yet in the trials of your life you are willing to hear that godly call and say yes, no matter where that call may take you. Maybe it's Joseph who trusted and protected even this young girl and stood beside her in the deepest challenges of life. Maybe it's the shepherds. And you see yourself as lowly, the least or even a bit lost, going about what you know in need of some grand sign so that you too might believe that you are chosen. Or maybe it's these wise men called within your wealth to make this spiritual journey to honor this child, to honor what you have so that he might live beyond this night and today that others might live as well. Friends, I think for many of us, it's not just one of these, but we find ourselves relating to all of them in some way. That's what's so magical about this night. So this Christmas, I ask you to ponder these thoughts. No matter where you stand on this story, a virgin's birth, angels, wise men, and shepherds. But what if Christmas is more about us and our journey than about just this young couple's journey to Bethlehem? What if their acceptance of this challenge asks us how we might respond to the challenges God lays before us? What if the long, somewhat perilous journey seeks to define our own journey of faith with all of its twists and turns, rough places, mountains, and valleys? What if finding no room in the inn is more about us making sure that everyone might have a place of safety no matter their circumstance? And about the fact that there are times when we find ourselves seeking God in the wrong places, in the comfortable and complex rather than the simple and natural. And what if the voices of the angels as sung to the shepherds is about us remembering that God hardly ever chooses to send the important messages to the famous or the haughty. Might it be they can't readily hear the message but it begs the question, can we? It's when we are quietly watching our flocks by night, finding those Sabbath moments of quiet reflection that the heavenly voices can find their way into our hearts. And finally, 
might the star that guided the Magi be the deeper wisdom that can guide our journeys toward Christ. So what is guiding you on this journey? What about these questions for you? Friends, this is a time of year and particularly this night needs to make us stop in the midst of the frantic hustle. You can't buy any more gifts. The stores are all closed. It's time to stop and not worry. You've done your work. Now it's time to listen for the quiet voices of the angels of God speaking, maybe even whispering to let us know that there is a gift waiting for us. It is God with us, Emmanuel. So on this Christmas Eve, my hope is that you may receive this gift, friends. This gift of light, of warmth, the peace, of love, of Christmas, of God. And as we prepare to light candles, remember that Jesus came to the world not as a king on a throne, but as a humble child to bring hope, to bring peace, to bring joy, and to bring love. That's why he came. That's why we celebrate. That's why we sing. That's why we light these candles as simple reminders that it is now up to us to bring that same light to the dark places of this world. I invite you to take your candles out. And as you prepare to light them, please be careful. Please be careful. Once your candle is lit, hold it upright. Jim, would you come? And I didn't bring a candle up here, so let me borrow yours. Can I do that? Thank you. I take this first light from the Christ candle tonight. And Bud, would you come and receive the light and pass it down there? I'll hold my candle straight up. Bud will lean his in and receive the light. And then go and do the same. Watch the magic as one light leads to another. As the warmth in the room begins to encompass each one of us. David? And then pass it down. And as the darkness becomes light, as we sing together, Silent Night.
Bye.